Here goes, and when, welcome to the 26th episode of Throwback Hoops. Woody V is in the house. Uh, as always, you can follow us on YouTube if you want to watch the video show and all your podcast channels, you know, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We're available everywhere. Um, and as always, I'm joined by my main man, Robbie Clayton. What's up, Robbie? What's up, Woods? Good to be back for another week, mate. I know we've been excited for this episode for quite a while, so I'll let you get into introductions, mate. For sure, man. We've got a very special guest today. So he's born in Sydney, New South Wales, a veteran of 99 NBL games for the Sydney Kings, a former captain of the ball club. He played alongside and against some of the greatest names to ever hit the hardwood on our shores. A two-time championship winner as an assistant coach for the Sydney Kings. He then transitioned into the media where he's been a well-respected commentator and broadcaster of basketball in Australia for over a decade. He's the director and owner of his own business, Glencoe Electrical, for over 30 years. And more recently, he's the co-host and creator of the Brad and Body podcast alongside the godfather himself, Body Nodge, affectionately referred to as Lightning. And as a lifelong Kings fan, I'm so excited to have him on the show this week. Brad Rosen is in the house. How are you, my brother? Mate, it's great. Um, with that intro, I feel like I'm not worthy. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You know, Brad, I listen to your show every week, right? And with the intros you give, right, to all your guests, that's it's like, damn, man, I've got to come up with something good. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, you did well. You did great. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Brad. Uh, it's great to have you, man. Really appreciate you making, making the time today, right? No, it's um, great. I'm absolutely. looking forward to it. Far away. Awesome, awesome. So, you know, when you come on Throwback Hoops, there's one important thing that you've got to do. You've got to rock a throwback or a jersey, man. So, right. I want you to, you know, maybe stand up and show us the jersey you're wearing and tell us a little bit about it. The pride and joy, obviously, the number five. Um, Beautiful I, uh, I love number five. That's what I played in my whole career. And um, I was lucky enough uh, a few years ago, uh, I do have a couple of my old playing singlets. Uh, the what, what I weigh now, I would not be able to fit in them, but that's a separate story. And uh, a few years ago, we played in a heritage round, and it was a lot of the ex-players and, you know, some good mates, uh, as in Bruce Bolden, Ben Knight, Shane Hill, Keo, Carfino, we all played in these games. And then they gave us these singlets and stuff. So it's, uh, it was a great night, and, um, and I've, I've kept the singlet. It was great. Yeah, awesome to see you rocking your own jersey on our show. Awesome. Appreciate it. Well, no one else is going to wear it, I promise you. It's just me. <laughs> <laughs> When Body was on our show, he rocked his what? Newcastle Falcons. He loves his Newcastle Falcons. For an Adelaide boy, I don't get it. Right? He, loves his new, he loves his Falcons. <laughs> All right, thanks for that, Brad. And we got a bit of a Kings team today, which I'm loving. I'm loving, Robbie. You know, I never ever see you wearing a Kings jersey, bro. And what you got two in the house, man? Yep. No, I'm showing two today. It does feel a little bit strange wearing these Kings jerseys, but had to do it this week. So, look, I guess um, the one I'm hanging this week is a bit of a random one. It's a uh, Al Harrington jersey from uh, wow. 2015 there. So, wow. um, uh, so Brad Woody and I are huge Atlanta Hawks fans, so that was a big thing when, when Al came over here. So, um, look, I guess at that time he actually came as a, an injury replacement for his good mate Josh Childress just for the six games. Um I'm definitely going to feature Al, uh, Al Harrington on a future episode. So I'm not going to go on too much about him now, but thought I'd talk a little bit more about the one I'm wearing today. So I'll just quickly stand up and show you this retro one I'm wearing and then and tell you a little story about this guy anyway. So Woods, tell the, tell the, the viewers what I'm wearing. Yep. So for all our podcast listeners who aren't watching, watching the show, Robbie's rocking a early 2000 CJ Bruton 
Sydney Kings jersey back when Trend West were the sponsors. What a shock, a Perth boy. What a shock. <laughs> had to do something like that, didn't I? Yeah, I could have had maybe a James Harvey type one or something like that, but yeah, I had to pull out the CJ one. But um, look, I guess just to, for you know, the viewers a little bit about CJ there. So um, 17 seasons in the NBL after starting with my Wildcats in 1994. I can still picture him, I think it was a half-court buzzer half-court, beater he got half-court that Half-court buzzer beater, still, yeah, hell yeah. Very in, clearly in North Melbourne that. against DMAC, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, jeez, you remember that more than I do. Very nice. He looked very young in that one, I remember that. So... Um, um, so, look, one of the most successful players in NBL history there, winning an equal record six titles. Um, Woody, I always put you on the spot. Who's the other guy that won six titles as a player? I mean... Uh, we'll, we'll throw it to Brad if you're if you're stumped on this one. Dam- Damien Martin? No. No? No. Uh, it's either going to be Nick of the Kona or Larry Senskoff. No, not one of those. Oh, uh, David Stiff. Correct. Oh, David wow. Stiff. Well done, David Brad. Stiff. So, of course, uh, Brian Gorgian's got six as a coach. Phil Smythe's also got six, three as a player, three as a coach. But, yeah, just thought I'd sort of bring up that fact there. So, David um, Stiff, man. David Stiff, blast well, from the past, right? I actually had him for some championships in Sydney when I was an assistant yeah. coach there, and he's a great yeah. guy. Great guy. Whenever he goes, we went to a team they won, right? So, yeah, that was a pretty good... Yeah. So, look, I guess with, um, with CJ, he played with Perth, Brisbane, Wollongong, Canberra, Sydney, and New Zealand. So, he sort of travelled around a little bit there. Um, he was an NBL assistant coach with the Bullets from 2016 to 2021 before taking over the head coaching duties with Adelaide this year where, look, he was given imports of Dusty Hannes and Todd Withers. So I do feel a little bit sorry for CJ there. Doing but a, um, Doing a fabulous job with the cattle that he's got. No yeah, absolutely sure. right. Yeah. I mean, I was sort of thinking today, you give CJ the, the three imports that say the Kings have got right now and things would be an absolute different totally. story in Adelaide. Totally. So, um, And one thing probably people forget about CJ was drafted by the Vancouver Grizzlies at pick 52 in the 97 draft. Um, while he never played an NBA game, he certainly goes down as an absolute NBL legend. Um, his accolades, as we said, the six titles in 04, 05, 07, and then the three-peat with New Zealand in 11, 12, and 13. Uh, he was a grand final MVP in 2012, five-time All-NBL player, and he was the most improved in 1999. His number 23 is retired by the New Zealand Breakers. Um, and I guess lastly, CJ was also a member of the 2008 Boomers team at the Beijing Olympics. So, um, so Brad, I know you would have obviously played against CJ and obviously coached him there. What are your sort of memories? And, and did you know sort of all that all those years ago that he would um, go on to be a coach? Look, you're, well, look, the answer would be simply yes. And if I'm not mistaken, I think he won a gold medal at Commonwealth Games as well. So mm-hmm. he, he, he was phenomenal. Um, I'll go back to the playing days. I played against him when he was at Wollongong. And mm-hmm. I, I remember I only got a few games against him because he, he only just came back. And, and, and that was, if it wasn't my last season, it was my second last season. And I just remember he was just tough as hell. That, that mm-hmm. was as simple as always. You just, you know, you had to keep him in front of you the best you could. And, and he shook and baked down there in Wollongong. And then when I was lucky enough to um, be an assistant coach for him, it was interesting. It was, it was quite a quiet player, but he was so vocal in different ways. Mm-hmm. And, um, but you could just tell he just, you know, knew what he was doing. He had it all planned. He just seemed to be like a DMAC to me, just sort of seemed that he, he knew what was going to happen three steps ahead of everyone yeah. else yeah. and uh, and he had so much time on the court and he was an absolute superstar and 
the coaching you knew you knew that was just if he wanted to go down that path no problems no problems there well i remember sort of going to those wildcats games you know as a kid growing up in perth when cj was one of the you know the court wipers there when his his dad yeah. cow was playing obviously so it goes back a bit so um what do you know i like to have a bobblehead to finish off this segment For unfortunately sure, i don't have a cj britain bobblehead i do apologize but i do have these ones i thought i'd bring out so a bit of a connection to the sydney kings there so i've got an Al Harrington and a Josh Childress oh, bobblehead there Hawks, from, baby, from their Hawks. time with the Hawks there. Yeah. So yeah, so we've got Josh, Josh with his Afro. So uh, so both with um both with Atlanta Hawks there as well, oh, just under okay. different sort of jerseys there. So good mates, those two. They're sort of happy to be on the show. Yeah. So yeah, you know, you, you know much love I got for Jay Chill, man. You know that's yeah, you he love him, man. Yeah. yeah, he was he was awesome. Wow, it was definitely I mean, Jesse Wax after him in liking our show. But, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. You put him in a team. You know they they didn't have a great cattle back then either. Mm. Um, but you put him with a team with a couple now, man. He was just phenomenal. Phenomenal. He's great. Great player. Even yeah, coming yeah. out of Stanford to the Atlanta Hawks, man, I was so excited yeah. about him coming through. And yeah, I mean, he was the first guy to get that European contract as well, he right? Was, I think Olympiakos, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, definitely. All right, so that's me this week, Woods. I can see you're wearing a lovely old school one there. So why don't you, um, why don't you tell everyone who you're wearing today? Well, I'll, I'll talk about it while you stand up. So Hi, man. Woody's wearing a lovely jersey here. I think Brad's going to like this one too. A bit of a oh, Leon, Leon, Leon yeah. Trimmingham with the, the name that only just fits on the back of that jersey, I noticed, because it's so long. But, yeah, lo- loving that jersey there, Woods. Yeah, so, Brad, I mean, you guys had, what, one season? Your rookie season, I think, would have been, so, right? Yeah, I had 95 with him, which was my rookie season. But I also was there at 94. I was in the Sky team, which is the Sydney Kings youth team. Yep. And so I was training with the Kings all year and actually went to a tournament. I remember it in Canberra while the World Championships was on that year and Damien Keogh and Greg Hubbard went to um, nice. the Worlds, wherever that was. Mm-hmm. So Keogh and Hubs went there and, and so I went to Canberra and played in the tournament with Leon and, uh, you know, he's a kid that I was a floor wiper with the Sydney Kings, right? And he's a kid that was watching Leon dunk on everyone a few years ago <laughs> where I've now got to go down to Canberra and play with the guy and then played with him in my rookie season greatest guy really is like still to this day you know uh he came out a few years ago and it's like hugs and how are you and you know my birthday was recent bang send you hey mate happy birthday like just the the nicest guy in the world really really great to hear yeah that's amazing and i mean yeah his nickname was above the rim neon leon right (laughs) he was man he was he was unbelievable well actually he he was born in the caribbean and his father actually uh enjoyed cricket and and football or soccer um, and he actually came to the game a, a little bit later than than others right but yeah as, as you said that first season uh, where you sort of got to know him with the Sydney Kings he, he led he led them in rebounding block shots and went on to be named the N- in the NBL first team that year he was like 27.4 points a game yeah, I think and yeah. you know he wasn't he wasn't like that six foot ten center you know mm-hmm. what I mean like that 95 season if I'm not mistaken I think it was Dean Utoff was there it was him uh, Bruce Bolden uh, and Dean was coming off the bench then. So it wasn't like they had that big, you know, yep. Mark Bradkin, and Don, John Dorge that the other teams had. You look at the league now, you know, Leon would be a starting five in this team, any league, and destroy yeah. it. Where back then, he had to bounce up against these Bradkeys and, you know, John Dorge and Paul Rees and Blahovs and Flishes and, you know, like... Um, I hear yeah, that, man. It, 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 and he was just, the way he moved, he was just so silky and... Um, yeah, like, or even Crawford, James Crawford back mm. then too. So phenomenal, phenomenal player. 
Yeah, I mean, in that season you speak of, he averaged 27.5 in your rookie season. 27.5 points, 11.5 rebounds, and 2.2 blocks per game, finishing the top five in the league in all of those categories. It was actually your ex-coach, Bob Turner, that that discovered him, you know, while he was playing basketball in... He was Blake like Cliff. a little, yeah, I think he was yeah. like a little protege, you know, like everyone yeah. was like, can this guy do it? What's he going to be like? And then he just a very quiet guy, hardly spoke at training, um, you know, wasn't one of those, you know, outspoken, you know, imports that we've had before that just, you know, so loud and so boisterous. Um, but he was just like that quiet assassin, you know, and he was just um, phenomenal. And from memory, I think he's in Barbados now. So yeah, okay. uh, that's where he's nice. living. Yeah. Actually, when Brad was uh, Brad when Body was on the show, I wore a Mario Donaldson jersey, right? Nice, so, oh, Mario. We used to call yeah. him Mario Monday. Right? Yeah. So Mario was a great guy. Again, he was in that '94 season, so I only got him for one season because then in '95 Bruce Bolden came up, and uh, I think Mario went to Canberra, if I'm not mistaken. Then, but anyway, yeah. and Mario, we used to call him Mario Monday. He would come in on a Monday and he wouldn't miss a shot. <laughs> Don't ask me why he would just not miss a shot at training. And it was unbelievable. And, and I'm telling you, Tim Morris is the one gardening. So Tim knows how to play defense. Nice right? latch on dude. And, yeah. Oh, man, he would just hit some shots. You're like, no way. No way. And then it goes in and it's like, Mario Monday, he's back. You know, so <laughs> yeah. he, was, he was a phenomenal player too. And, and we heard about those two coming uh, as a duo that, that mm. after Ken McClary and Wayne McLean and all those guys yeah. left, we needed to get some good imports here. And getting Leon mm. and Mario together on the same team that first year, Amazing, right? It was, yeah, it was phenomenal. Terrific. Well, that's awesome, guys. Really good to see a great bunch of Kings jerseys. And I'm really happy to have a Kings team on the show this week, man. You're all you know loving this, Woods. I can hear it in your voice. Oh, man. hell yeah, man. You see the smile, <laughs> homie. You see the smile, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, I think maybe we'll move on to a little bit of Q&A with Brad now. You ready to chop it up with us, Brad, or what? Anytime. Let's do it. All right, man. All right, let's do this. All right, so, I mean, we're in a pretty good time right now. You know, the league is... It's doing really well. It, it's got a lot of eyes on it. But I wanted to start by asking you about that time period you, you played, yeah? 95 to 99. Uh, your career started during, you know, the best times in NBL basketball on the, on the back of those great Sydney Kings teams that I just mentioned to you. Dwayne McLean, Ken McLarry, all those guys, man. A ticket to a Kings game was hot property in the early 90s, right? But however the time you were finished in 99, the NBL was starting to decline interest a little bit. Coverage was reduced and, and crowds started to get smaller. I mean, you had a front front row seat for that. I just wanted to ask you, how was that? Did you see that happening, right? Um, look, I, the simple answer is yes. Um, I hope it wasn't caused by me. But um, <laughs> the the thing was, is you know that that early nineties um, was outstanding. Um, Amazing. You, yeah. I, I was at the games. I was watching. So was I. So was I, man. And and when you look at it. I know uh, Mike Robleski back then as the owner, they had a big banner of sponsors and they had to turn sponsors away. Sorry, we can't fit anywhere in the venue. And I remember Mike telling us one time that he had a situation where the, the one year, or it was probably more than one year, that they, all their expenses for the whole team, players, you know, home venues, the entertainment centre, the food, everything, was all covered before they tipped the season off. So anyone that came in the door they then that was cream on top basically and they got ten thousand a game right so they they were humming anywhere you went was kings the 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 place was you know and and i know when i became a player 
like you'd go anywhere and you were just noticed. It didn't matter what you were, even, you know, this five foot ten white guy, you know, you know, he's not the manager. Yeah, no, he's a, it's, um, <laughs> it, it's just it's just phenomenal. And, you know, you, you go to some places and, you know, oh, free food. Let me give you free. No, no, no. Let me pay. And, you know, I had a couple of restaurants that came to me and said, look, if you come here every Thursday night or whatever it was, I'll put a feed on for your whole family and then I can get people in the door. That's the type of, you know, thing that we had mm-hmm. um, uh, as it got going in 96. Uh, you know, Shane Hill came in, yeah. Isaac Burton came in, nice. and then we, we were with Reebok, and then we went to Nike. Nike sponsored us individually. We all had individuals. And Nike came in and said, I don't want you or anyone in your family wearing anything but Nike. Whatever you want, anytime, don't worry. So back then, there was no internet. There was no, um, you know, uh, you, you couldn't do anything but facts, right? So we had this book and it was quite cool, right? At the book at the office, because we're in Alexandria and there's this office that we had the most amazing training venue, right? We were, we were the pinnacle. There was yep. no question, right? And we had this training venue. I hope this is what you're okay for me telling you, right? Of so, course. Yeah. Love it, man. Yeah. yeah. So, so we had this training venue and you had your own locker and you had your name on it and your singlets hanging there, your training singlet shorts, your, everything got washed for you. It was just like phenomenal, right? So you rock in and, and then you used to run to the office because you wanted to get this book and it was the Nike book, right? And there was only one book. So then what you had to do is you take it home for the night and you get your family. And back then was my girlfriend, who's now my wife, and I've got three kids. And we used to go through this book and order about 20, 30, 40 items. <laughs> Shirts, shingle, everything. And this is not shoes. There was one season, I think I got 40 pair, 42 pairs of boots. Shoes, right? It was just, it just kept coming, right? It didn't matter what it was. And you just fax this thing off, you know, size this, size that, do this. And within 36, 48 hours, there's a huge box in your locker. And then you just take it home and you just, man, I had box, I still was unwrapping Nike stuff 10 years after I retired, right? <laughs> I had that much stuff. And, and it was just like, they, it was just anywhere you went and you'd go to schools. We used to visit like a thousand schools. Yeah, a year, I remember. And we were just yeah. decked in Nike, just decked everywhere. And the kids loved it. And we used to give posters away and everything. And everything was going good. To me, I think it, it changed a lot when we went to winter. Sorry, yeah. summer. We were in winter. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I remember Mike Robleski, you know, swearing, blew in his face this is not going to work. And the thing that Mike was worried about is Foxtel was coming, right? Back then there was no Foxtel. Saturday night, get to the entertainment centre. Go to the pump house afterwards. Go Hell and yeah. It, right? Go down the back as a half time in the game. Love the pump house, man. Right, everything <laughs> was rocking. And we used to, you know, as players, come back to the pump house. We'll give you drinks because everyone used to get in, right? And then there was, you know, Dwayne back in 94. He's DJing. It's just like full on, right? And... And so they were like, let's do this. But then Foxtel came in and it was like, well, the NBL got to go to Foxtel. Well, not everyone had Foxtel. So then it started Mm. to be, we were out of sight, out of mind. Now, the Sydney Swans, on the other hand, they they were ticket number two. Everyone wanted ticket number one, which was the Kings. But then the AFL had all this money. They started to be, and then it was free to air and everything. And we were live on Channel 10 there for a while. But then Channel 10 went, we went to summer. It was only on Foxtel. And next thing you know, a lot of people are like, oh, is the Kings still around now? Till to this day, if someone says you played for the Sydney Kings, wow, I remember those guys. No one will mention today's players. Mm-hmm. Rarely. Maybe yeah. Andrew Bogut. Maybe yeah. Andrew Bogut, right? Um, but right now, back then, everyone knew every player. And I just felt that the, the media lost 
a little bit of interest because of what was going on. But it was phenomenal times back then, no question. Yeah, well, you're right. You used to get all those Kings games on Channel 10 on a Saturday yeah. night, right? And everyone yeah. would tune in. It would be awesome, right? Well, like... you, couldn't, you couldn't be flicking over to footy or doing a list because you know, there wasn't a game on Channel 9 in Rugby League in Sydney, right? Mm. They, they didn't do Saturday nights back then. Now, every game is live. Soccer, AFL, um, you know, cr- cricket somewhere in the world, you know, uh, rugby league, every game live. So it, it, it's now, it was now fighting for positions and, and who's going to get it. And um, unfortunately, we lost Shane Hill, which I think was a huge loss for sure. by him mm-hmm. going to the Olympics. And yep. we brought in a guy like Aaron Traher, one of my best mates, but he didn't have the aura that a Shane had. Uh, Matty Nelson was very young then, so he was growing into that thing. And and it was just wasn't, you know, no Leon, no Dwayne, you know, it just lost that bit of charisma. Yeah, Th- thanks for that, Brad. Actually, that's a pretty good segue because I was just going to ask you about Aaron Traher, right? I mean, you mm. played under three coaches in your tenure with the Kings, right? If I'm not mistaken, Bob Turner, uh, Alan Black and Tomlinson as well, right? Billy yep. T, yep. Billy <laughs> T, yep. Um, but it was Alan Black that first put faith in you, right? In 97, mm. when, when your good friend... Aaron Traher got injured, and you had the opportunity to start, right? You really thrived. Um, I mean, Coach Black was who you had your best years under, right? Yeah, yeah. It was interesting, you know, like, my greatest ever coach was a guy called Cliff Martin. Um, Cliff Cliff coached me in ABA back then, which is NBL1, right? And back then, it was like we played in ABA or Siebel, as they called it, and that was tough, man. You're playing against two quality imports. They are that far under NBL, and every game I'm going up against an in-point point guard, right? Yeah, and, sure. and Cliff Martin, um, uh, for the history book people, in 1981, I think it was, he played for Launceston in the NBL, mm-hmm. and uh, a six-foot-six, seven-whatever-it-is point guard, and Damn. he was phenomenal, play, like phenomenal player. Import, and he basically taught me the game of basketball and how to, to read the game and everything. I had great coaches, but Cliff was the one was like, I'll take you from an ABA player and a fringe ABA player to an NBL player. And in my four years in ABA, three of those with Cliff, in my last year was like an all-star five in the Australian, uh, average 29 assists having 30-point-plus games. Yep. And I look back at that going, wow, I can't believe I did that. And I give all that to Cliff. He just taught mm-hmm. me how to play the game. Right? And, um, and more than anything, you know, like my one year I think I averaged 20, but it was like at 30% on, from the floor and maybe four turnovers. The next year it was 20%, it was eight assists. It was, you know, at 45%. And, you know, one point something turnovers. And, and whilst people say, oh, he scored 20 odd points a game. No, no, it was the, it was the turnovers. It was the, it was the other things that he just taught me how to read the game. So when that came, um, I, I went and, and Bob, I was training with it. And Bob Turner obviously put me in the team. But then I, I, I felt like I was humming in that 96 season. And, and yep. you know, I had some games where I played okay. But when you're backing up uh, Shane Hill and Isaac Burton, there's not a lot word. of minutes. <laughs> yeah, word. There's just not a lot of minutes. And that's how it is. So I just, you know, rookie season, played hard you know, head down, ass up type thing and just kept going. In that 97 season, we just weren't doing as well, right? And um, uh, so I, I got the opportunity to play a lot of games and, uh, and you know, I took it. Um, I remember Bruce Bolden, my best mate, without a doubt, in basketball, just kept, just keep going, keep going every game. Don't, and this guy's, you know, over 400 NBL games. It mm. was like a, Absolute you know, legend. a, a mentor to me. Yeah. And Mark Dalton was another one. And Dean Utoff, these guys, and they just, you know, I, I was tearing it up at training. And I think it got to a stage where Blackie was like, well, I've got to put him in the game. 
you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and you know, I, I just equate that to the players that I played with and I was lucky enough to get that and there's no question they were my better games. Uh, under Billy, still, you know, started games, got a lot of minutes, but there was a lot more pressure on Billy. There's no question. We had a yeah, season sure. with eight imports uh, and, and it was just like a circus at some stages and it was like, you know, who do I play, who don't I play and it was a very tough time. But, yeah, Blackie gave me a good shot and he was a different coach. He was more orientated on offence than he was on defence. Not that he didn't care about it, where um, Billy was much more orientated on defence. Alan Black, someone else I've got good memories of watching when I was a kid in those Perth games. He was yeah. Yeah, a very hard-nosed player back then and obviously his son went on to, to have a very good, albeit sort of yeah. injury-interrupted career, didn't he? Yeah, it's a shame for Stephen. He he, yeah. he definitely, like, we saw some amazing things, and I think he was in that Bullets, Bullets team that won the championship. Yeah, he was phenomenal, and you could see that at a young age because he was in Sydney, obviously, when Blackie mm. was there. He, he was going to be a gun. I, I think Australia didn't get to see the best of him, and oh, I don't mean that in a bad way because he played bloody well as it is. But, you know, he, he, he was a really, really good player. Yeah. yeah. Even a guy like Nathan Jowai talks about the kind of influence, you know, Alan mm. Blackhead early on his career in yeah. Cairns, man, and then he w- went on to have such a great career and he's still doing it now, so, yeah. Yeah, it was interesting because I remember we played Blackie. Um, he was the coach when the Sydney Kings won their first title in Perth and uh, he was the head coach in that year. Sorry about that, Rob. And um, just to remind you, we won it in Perth. And mm-hmm. um, and I was, uh, and I'll just remind you again, we won it in Perth. But I'm not trying to rub it in here at all, Rob. And I remember we flew over there and it was interesting. Here I am going against the coach. I'm assistant coach going against the coach that yep. was so good to me. And it was, you know, interesting times. Full circle. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, that's awesome, Brad. Um, and, you know, soon after you got that starting spot, right? Yeah, that big game, career high, 22 points. I mean, what do you remember, remember about that game? You were going up against D-Mac and, mm. and North Melbourne, right? Like, that must have been a good moment that you, you replay in your head. Oh, yeah? totally, yeah. yeah? <laughs> there's, probably, there's probably, you know, a, a number of games you, you think about. Like, I, I, in preseason, that year I actually had 35 against um, uh, Newcastle up there in Newcastle. But, you know, during the season, uh, I went down North Melbourne and, and, and scored that, and that was just surreal. I mean, DMAC is the ultimate. When, I, when someone says to me, right, who was your toughest opponent? Man, DMAC. DMAC was just... Six foot unmet. four with ridiculous arm span as well, right? That would have been ridiculous. a tough... Yeah. And, you know, look, Ricky Grace, tough as hell. Derek Rucker, tough as hell. Uh, Butch Hayes, one mm. of those. Oh, um, man, really hard. Yeah, right, yep. really hard. But there was just something about D-Mac and everyone's like, oh, but he can't shoot. It's like saying, yeah, Ricky Grace can't go right. Ball crap. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. So, okay, he might, not be, he might not be a shooter at 45%, but try stopping. All right. And, um, and so, so D-Mac was unbelievable. So me to have that 22, I, I think I had to look at that score sheet about a thousand times when I'd done. I couldn't believe I did that against North Melbourne. Um, and what was interesting is, is, you know, Brett Brown was that coach then yep. who then became the Kings coach. Yep. Um, so it, it was great times. They're, they're surreal, but fun. I believe that game's on YouTube, isn't it? Uh, probably, and uh, I haven't seen it for a while, but I'm sure if you ask my mum, she'd find it. <laughs> I was trying to find some YouTube footage of some of those dunks that Brad used to throw down, but unfortunately, it's just, you know, it's kind of that era, a little bit, you know, pre-2000s no, where stuff's a little bit harder to find. But... I think that was uh, the only dunk I did was probably a biscuit and a cup of tea, mate. But um, <laughs> I, uh, I used to get the odd one in warm-ups, never in a game. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so obviously the front office and the coaching staff saw leadership qualities in you, Brad, right? Mm-hmm. And you were named team captain for that 1998-99 season, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. 
Yeah. Um, and like you had to deal with some big personalities. Steven Jackson was mm. on that team, mm. ACL, Shane Hill, if I'm not mistaken, like Steven Jack, a young Steven Jackson, right? How was really it like ma- managing all those egos and being the leader so, there on that team? Yeah. So I'll just correct you slightly. That yeah. year, it was Shane and Bruce that was captain. It was the next year. Oh, when next year. They, when they all moved out that I became captain. Right, okay, yeah. And let's go back to that first one. Yeah, there was a lot of egos. And that's <laughs> the one that we had eight imports in one season. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. you know, for someone like me, I played with 34 imports in a career. Um, some people play with two. That's what know? I always so, say about the Kings there, Woody. They change imports oh, more than man. any team, don't yeah. they? Like, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and that was frustrating that year because it was like, you know, it, it, you're trying to make a quick fix. Nah, it ain't going to happen. You know, it just, you just knew it. And, you know, I, I mean, I, I'll tell you a story that I just can't believe is I remember Bruce and I, we roomed together and we had a guy called Brian Caver. Right, and I can't remember the other import for the life of me. Um, there was one other import. There's so many I can't even remember. I think it might have been Eversburg, but forget it anyway. Mm. So we had so we had this import, and um, and Brian Caver came out and he trained for the week. Right, and there's uh, he was a bit overweight. You could tell that he hadn't played for a while, and he had an amazing college career. So he trained with us the whole week. We're heading to Melbourne to play the Magic. The magic of all people, right? You know, like they just come off their championship win. Mm. And anyway, so we get down there and Brian's on the plane with us and all fine and the other import, maybe it was Kelsey, I don't know. Anyway, so we're, we're sitting uh, and having uh, in our room and then it's time for a pregame meal. So we get in the lift and as we're heading down for the pregame meal, the door's open and there's Dave Simmons. Right, Ben Simmons' his dad, Dave Simmons from yeah, the Tigers, yeah, 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 yeah. in a Sydney Kings polo. <laughs> and like I sort of look at Bruce and Bruce looks at me and Simo, hey mate, how you going? Um any reason you're wearing a Sydney King shirt, mate? He says, Oh, I'm playing tonight. Jeez. And we're like, Okay, you're still an import and we've got two imports here, so who's not playing? <laughs> and he's like, See you soon and the doors closed and right, Bruce and I and he came in, you know, like Bruce and I like, what the hell anyway, we found out Brian Caver was cut, he didn't play a game. Wow, right? I didn't play a minute. So, so, so he flowed out. He's sitting at the end of the bench as we're playing that game. All right, bloody awkward, bloody awkward. Mm. Got smashed in the game. Poor Simo didn't have a play. Didn't know what was going on. Great guy, by the way. Great guy. And then we went to Perth and got smashed over there as well. And Simo, I don't know how long he lasted, but then he got the flick as well, which you know was ridiculous because he was great for us, but. You know, it, it wasn't that we got rid of imports that year because they weren't good. It was like, okay, well, we don't want a four-man. Now we'll try a two-man. The two-man's not going to work. Let's try a three-man. It's like, man, come on. So, Jeez, give him a chance. So that, so that was hard. So then was the clean-out the next year, um, and Shane went, Bruce went to the West Sydney uh, Razorbacks. Yep. Uh, Steve Whitehead left, Brad Williams left. There was a whole lot of kids that left. And then uh, Scotty McGregor was there, Aaron Traher. That's when we brought in Alonzo Goldstein and Kelsey yep. Weems, right? Yep. And, and then what was nice is um, we had a situation where the players voted who they wanted to be captain. And, and I got voted in. So it, it was great um, to be picked by your peers. Yep, um, sure. I remember my dad telling me many years ago when I was getting coached by Cliff Martin, 
um, I get subbed out when I did something wrong because Cliff's trying to teach me a lesson and I remember saying to my dad, man, I'm, I'm hating Cliff, mate. He just, he just keeps taking me out and blah, blah. And, mate, and you know what dad said to me? When you're captain of the Sydney Kings, then you can come back and have a whinge, right? Right now, shut up and do what your coach did. <laughs> yeah. And I did, right? And I got made captain. I remember I drove uh, home and, and, and my dad was there and I went up to my dad and I said, do you remember like six years ago you said to me that when I'm captain of the Sydney Kings, you'll listen to me? Yeah, today's your time to listen to me. And it was really cool. It was a celebration. Awesome. And it was a great, it was a great moment uh, for myself, for my family, uh, to be able to be a floor wiper for Sydney Kings. And then, what, eight, ten years later or whatever, um, I'm now captaining this, you know, amazing club. It's a great story. Um, it, was, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Amazing, right? And, look, um, look, you were still contributing in that, 1998-99 season. However, your career ended after that, Brad, right? Mm, Did yeah. you have other interests outside of basketball you were contemplating or were you already set on moving you know, into a coaching role? It's interesting. Um, if I look back at that now, I probably wish I stayed a little bit longer. Um, yep. but, uh, but the situation was in... Um, I, I got, in 1997, I was quite heavily recruited by the Magic and Brian Gorgian. And uh, Gorge yep. wanted me to come down, and I still remember the conversation. He's like, hey, Rosen, hey, um, <laughs> do you want to come to the Magic? And my girlfriend, now wife, was from Melbourne. And I was like, all right, who's this? One of my mates, what's going on? <laughs> you know, like, he's like, nah, man, I've got Smith. I've got Anstey. I've got Drimmick. I want you. I want you running those lanes with me, right? Like, come on down. So I spoke to my agent, and I was like, man, I, I don't, you know, is this true? Anyway, it was real. And... Um, uh, I, I turned that down um, because Kings was always me. It's how I felt. Um, you know, Mike Robleski was didn't really want me to leave, which was nice as well. So I stayed and, and I played there. So at the end of that 98-99 season, I was mentally drained. That was a real, real tough couple of years. The league was falling. The Kings were falling. Uh, we were the Violet Crumbles. Uh, I probably took it on my shoulders more than I needed to, being a captain. Mm. And then it was a situation where we had this fantastic training venue at Alexandria. Um, Mike Robleski and his team had this great, great club. And I finished that season and I had to have a shoulder reconstruction on my shoulder, which was my second one. I had, I'd had both shoulders reconstructed. I had to have ankle surgery yep. and I was just burnt out. I was mm. completely burnt out. And I was a 28-year-old that really didn't understand life outside of basketball. You know, yep. if I knew what I knew now, things would be so different. <laughs> and I remember speaking to Cliff and I sort of said, you know, I don't know if I want to go on. I've got shoulder reconstructions. I'm going to do rehab, blah, blah. He's like, you're a long time retired, All right? So I had a meeting with Brett Brown and Brett's like, mate, I want to offer you a two-year deal. We're moving out to Homebush. Um, I'm living in the eastern suburbs at this stage because it's right near Alexandria. We're near the airport for people that aren't sure where that is. So we're near the airport. And I'm thinking, right, I've got to move over to Homebush, which is probably about a 45 minute. That would have been an hour, two hours traffic every day. Sydney yep. traffic surrenders. Then, yes. my wife, yeah, then my wife and I, then girlfriend, like, well, let's move out near there. And, and just things just didn't align. The two-year contract was great. Um, Brett Brown came in and there was all this hype. Brett's the saviour. Brett's going to save this, right? And I remember Brett, Bob, Mike Robleski talking to me. and like, everyone says I've got to get Brett. You know, Brett's the one that's going to change this. So I'm getting him, you know. And then Mike sold and the team got out and, and you just felt like, you know, it was 
just something wasn't right and I look back at that and I see what it was. I probably should have played on. I probably should have and accepted that two-year deal. Um, but I look back and I'm not sure, I'm not upset that I didn't because I was very happy with my career. I finished on a high. Mm. Uh, I finished under my terms. It was my decision to make it. I didn't go that one or two seasons more. Um, but it was, you know, I look back at that time and, and I would have, it, it didn't finish on a high for the club. Right, and then they went to Homebush, and you know didn't really do much for the next few years and stuff like that. And then it got worse, and then they were out, and, you know, all of that mm. stuff. And and I didn't touch a basketball for three years. Like Damn. I, I was mentally stuffed. And you know, like you hear sportsmen go through mental health. Yeah, that was me. That yep. was me. I, okay. I went through it really badly at the end of my career. To the to the stage where I was like sweaty palms when I'm watching the Kings play. Right. And, and it was really, really hard to watch that team knowing I could have been there, what would have it been like, you know, all of these things. And and then I didn't touch it. And then uh, three years later, you know, Gorge is like, you know, I'm going to get you this time. I didn't get you to play for me, <laughs> but I want you to become assistant coach. And then the, the adrenaline came back and the rest is history. Hey, Brad, I'm just impressed that Gorge would have known your name back then. We've heard a few stories that he's not the, the best at recalling people's names or he sort of gets them Mate, confused and that. So hopeless. He is hopeless. <laughs> Mate, there was a story, I'm sure it's true. And, and mate, he... His wife, Amanda, I am very close with. Great, great. She literally runs his life, right? But when I say runs it, you know, the guy is just all over the shop, but when you put him on that court, there is no one else. Genius. Right? And, yeah. and I remember, I think his wife said something along the lines of, you know, like, don't let him forget his shoe when he gets off, or his phone or something when he gets <laughs> off a plane. And I think the story goes that he took his shoe off and he put his phone and keys in the, in the shoe, and then he put the shoe up on top of the plane, and, you know, so he, so he wouldn't forget. He just walked off barefoot. You know, like just, so, so that's that. But that's gorge. But yeah, he made the the funniest bloke I know, the greatest storyteller, um, mm. and you, it just so much fun to be around. And there's people in Gorgian's camp; they don't leave. Mm. He's just a, he's just a maestro. It's funny you speak about Brian Gorgian, Brad, because uh, Rob and myself, Woody, we're good friends with Jacob Jacomus, right? And he right. recently came on the show. And he's spoken glowingly about his time deputizing Brian Gorgian. Yeah. Uh, when, when the Kings won the championship in 2002-03 and 2003-04, you had that same opportunity, right? Yeah, totally. Would be, would be great if you could tell us a little bit about that, Brad. So I remember right then uh, in 2002, uh, a good friend of mine was Matt Weston. Matt Weston uh, was an assistant coach uh, at the Kings under Billy Tomlinson, was the other assistant coach under Brett Brown. And Matt Weston was a great guy. I played against him in ABA, and, but he didn't go to the NBL. But Matt Weston is, was really cool. And then that next year, uh, Matt Weston moved to the West Sydney uh, Razorbacks as an assistant coach. And he asked me to come on board as his assistant at the Sydney Comets. Now, the Sydney Comets basketball is a club that I've played since 1984, um, uh, I have the honour of having a, a, an award named after me. I played in the 92 championship season there with them. 93, we won the conference again. So I've got a lot of history there. That's, and it's the first and only club I've ever played for. So I was like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. So 92, uh, sorry, 2002, I coached under Matt. And then the next year he said, mate, I can't do this anymore. You be the coach in 2003. So I was like, great, no worries. So in 2003, I took over the head coaching and we won the ABA, right, as the yep. head coach. So at the end of that season, Gorge then took over, right, of the Kings. 
And I remember we train and play out of Alexandra Stadium, and that's where the Kings was actually training out of it. Different stadium to where um, the Kings used to be. That was a special Kings stadium. This is Alexandria, the old Comet Stadium that's, yep. you know, still 170 years old, right? <laughs> and I remember um, uh, Laurie Watterson was our manager, and he's been a manager for 20-odd years, only retired last year. And he came to me and says, look, Gorge is looking for a second assistant. This is his first year at the Kings. Um, you know, he's going to get Billy T as his head. He's a second, his first assistant. He's looking for a second. You know, are you interested? I was like, hell yeah, you know, like, let's go. So I went upstairs and I spoke to Gorge and mate, we would have been there for about an hour. And I reckon it was 58 minutes of me absolutely pissing myself laughing with <laughs> yeah. all the stories he had. And then two minutes, by the way, do you want to be an assistant coach? Yeah, good, you're in. And... Um, <laughs> So it was really cool, and I learned so much off him, man. I went on to then coach another three years at ABA and won three titles. Uh, I didn't have an import. We went to the national finals and lost to bloody Sean Reddidge, who had 48 in a bloody Bendigo team. Bendigo, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, you know, they had probably a budget of 100 grand. We didn't pay anyone. Uh, we went through the whole weekend. We, we, you know, knocked people out like a team like us to go. We had Dave Barlow. Uh, obviously, look what he's done now, but he yep. was 18, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, really raw. Graham Dan. Then we had Steve Graham Whitehead. You know, right? <laughs> we had Steve Whitehead playing for us. Chris Storber, like a really young team. But we just, mate, we were humming. And, and I was head coach of that. So, in my um, four seasons there, we, we won four championships and, and I learned so much off Gorge. Like he just showed me, you know, how to play, you know, defense, transition, the plugger, the, you know, what, what to run here, how to run everything. And I was more on the defensive side with the Kings. Uh, that was my sort of role. And, uh, and, and it was just unbelievable on how, how to learn. And what, what I remember saying to Gorge is, you know, like, like how do you do this every year, you know? And, and he said to me, he said, 80% of my coaching is done before the ball's in the air. Mm -hmm. Right. You go to dinner with them, you drink with them, you do the things that you have to do and you have individual meetings with every player. So they know, you know, everyone says every player that steps on the court for Gorgian, they know their role and they're good. Right. That's Gorge doing his work during the week. That just doesn't happen. Right. And you look at all these young guys coming on the court now with inexperienced coaches. They look like they don't know what the hell they're doing. Like, is this my position? If I play well, I might get more minutes. If I, you know, so they shoot the shot quicker because they yeah. want to try and impress. No, nah, no, nah, not with Gorge. You know your role, stick to your role. And you look at even the Hawks now, when those guys haven't played for six weeks and then they come on the court and they hit that three and they run the lane, they do that. That's Gorge, mate. He's in their ear the whole time. So Gorge was great. And I remember there was one time I'm playing and I'm at Alexander State, it's like eight o'clock at night and I'm really nervous. I'm a, I was never nervous as a player. I was never nervous when I wanted to play national finals, anything, didn't matter, never nervous. As a coach, Oh my God, mate, I was shocking, so nervous. And I remember, and I remember I rang Gorge one night, we're playing the top team, and I, I think Adrian Hurley was the coach there, right? Hey, the yeah. Coach, yeah, doctor. And, and, and I remember ringing Gorge, I'm like, mate, I'm coaching the doc tonight, you know, that, like you said, right? And he's like, Rosen, there's two types of coaches. There's the Phil Smythe and Lindsay Gaze that are really relaxed, and then there's you and me, right? Yeah. <laughs> there's only one thing that can fix it. And I says, what's that? He said, tell them to throw the ball in the air. Mm. That's it. Don't worry about it. That's how it rolls. You're in it. You're in the grind. That's how we power, right? Get going with it. And the only thing that will change that nervousness, throw the damn thing in the air. And I was like, got it. And we moved on. So uh, he's a great man. Great man. Mm -hmm. And I, geez, we had some fun times.
Brad, I wanted to ask you about a player back then, someone that Woody and I have talked about on this show before, and that's um, none other than import Chris Williams at that one wow. season for the Kings there. And look, a lot of people have probably forgotten about him. What are your sort of memories of him? Because, I mean, I guess for Woody and I, our memories, and he was he's cool. easily one of the best imports we've ever had here, surely. So I want to put it into context, but I hope people listen to everything I say here, not just the first sentence, right? So <laughs> right. when I looked at him, I remember thinking, this guy's going to be a four-man in our league and he can't shoot. Now, back then, you've got guys like Vlahov playing that four spot, you know, even Marcus Timmons, I think, I'm, yep. if I'm not mistaken. You've got some guys, Sam McKinnon might have played a bit of four. I'm like, man, I, I don't know how this is going to work. Bit so, of Pat Reedy maybe around that time Pat as Reedy, well. right, yeah, you know, yep. and, I'm, and I'm looking and, and thinking about even Catalini and Adelaide, mm. I mean, you know, stuff like that, and I'm thinking to myself, I, I don't know where, how that's going to work. Like, this guy's small to guard someone. He can't shoot from the outside. And now that four man is playing in a league where it is that stretch four, right? Mm. It wasn't like it was, you know, years ago when yep. you roll into the four man and the four and five were big, massive units, right? No, it's not like that. And I'm thinking to myself, we've got, you know, uh, Matty Nielsen playing in the five, who's probably really a four in yep. this league, right? Uh, and he's going up against the Bradkeys and the bloody Crawfords and all these players. Or Sorry, I don't know if Crawford was playing then, but I'm just saying those type of players. So now we've got probably an undersized five in Matty Nilsson and now an even undersized four in Chris Williams. How is this going to work, right? Mm. And man, I'll tell you, that guy, he is... He's like Leon with the quietness. Never mm. spoke. Really nice guy, though. Never spoke. Like, just, you know, did what he had to do. Got his... But, mate, he was... Uh, I don't want to say the best import because that is so wrong. Got to be the best import. one and done yeah, without a doubt, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Him, he, him or Doug Overton, man. Let's throw Doug Overton Ooh, yeah, in the mix. No, no, I'm okay. going Chris Williams anyway. All right, that, okay. That's a, that's a four. I'm saying that as a Sydney Kings guy. Yeah, likewise, man, right? Yeah, yeah but, but um, look, he did some stuff that you just sort of sit there and go, how did he just do that? You know, that he'd spin, he'd move, he'd manoeuvre, he'd make a shot, and you're like, whoa, how did he do that? And mm. he was just such a great teammate to have, where on the other side you had a Cavossi Franklin that was a really good import, but very vocal, very yeah. full on, you know, like in-your-face type player. Not bad, but he was just that, I know if you speak to Gorge, the greatest import is DMAC that he had. You're right, mm. DMAC's his best. And I think they're on that mould where it's just like no trouble and you're just the greatest guy to coach. Can't yeah, ask them all on that, what, can you? Yeah, no, nah, no way. I'm phenomenal. Nice, no, I appreciate that, Brad. Look, before I know Woody's got a couple more, I just wanted to touch base on a couple of things I remember from you as well. So firstly was the Tui's beer ad back in the day. <laughs> and also the other one I want to ask you about as well is these those phone cards that you were on in the 90s because I remember yeah. my mum gave me one of those phone cards to keep in my wallet, you know. Probably a lot of people will not know what we're talking about here, but <laughs> back when pay phones were around and there was a big one thing. Uh, one one that's right. Yeah. Yeah, Showing our age, man. Showing yeah. our age. So man. what do you remember yeah. about both of those things? <laughs> yeah, that was great. I remember that 97 season, ironically, that was the one where I got asked to go to the Magic, mm. right? And then part of the negotiation, the deal, uh, to stay at the Sydney Kings, uh, Mike said to me, look, you know, Tui's want to do this commercial. Are you interested? Now, I can tell you that had nothing to do with me staying. I was just like, oh, they want to do a commercial. I'd done it. I did a commercial in Rexona with Andrew Gaze many years prior to that, where I was a, where I was a stunt double type thing, you know? So I'm thinking to myself, oh, yeah, they want to do it too. That didn't mean a thing, no problems. And then I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. But, you know, let's, you know, what's the role limit? So I remember them saying that. Then next thing you know, 
I'm um, I'm in this thing, and 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 it's like, okay, here's what you're going to do, and I was like, oh my god, this is like full on. I'm I'm like I'm Hugh Jackman, mate. You know, this is like I am the man, right? So this thing was recorded for five days, right? Oh. So we had five days. Every day was something different, and mate, it was just like I couldn't sneeze, and someone would give me a tissue. You know, like it was just I was just like the pinnacle. And, and I just remember doing all these things and makeup and everything. It was just, it was so cool because it was in the off season. It was just something different. Just did, something they, did they give different. you free products like Nike was doing back in the day yeah, as well? Did, okay, actually. good, yeah, good. Yeah. So, so the, the three of us that did it, like obviously it was about me, but the other two was Justin Withers and Melvin Thomas, and they did it for the Tui's New. I'm telling you that now, right? So that's what <laughs> they did it for. So I remember we went to Tui's New and they gave us like 50 cases or something, and we wow. handed it out to everyone. But we did this thing, and, and that was cool, right? And then I didn't think much of it, okay? The best is the opening night. So John Singleton, and I'm sure we know all John Yeah, man. Right? Oh, he's, yeah. He's, he's the one that, was producing it, his Singleton's Constructions or Productions, I have no idea. So they're like, right, come in. So we had this night and it was a massive night. Now we're talking Dennis Lilly is there, Ray Price is there, um, Johnny Raper, I'm, I'm hoping you guys, if you yeah, don't know what course. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, right? Yep, so these guys like, right? are there, yep, and these guys are there with John Singleton and they're coming up, hey Brad, like this, and I'm like, oh my God, you know, and this is like, <laughs> you know, the two news commercials, the Michael Whitney, you know, like, how do you feel, like this the is just wit. awesome, right? Yeah, so, so, so we did the launch and it was all cool and then Singo comes to me and says, righto, bring the family, bring your friends, we're going to have a meal. So we all went back to this Chinese meal and all of them are there, right? So all the media and everything's gone. So we're having this Chinese meal. I don't even know where the restaurant is, somewhere in the city. And I just remember Johnny Raper standing up on a table and singing, how do you feel with a beer in his hand? Right? <laughs> and, and it was phenomenal. And my wife was with me, again, girlfriend back then. She sat on Dennis Nulli's lap the whole night, right? The whole night. And I know Dennis, Dennis, Dennis loved her, right? And, and my wife is from Melbourne. No idea about cricket. A daughter of two, with, you know, a daughter of two daughters. So like mm. sport, you know, she was a good basketballer and stuff. But sport, nah, cricket, who, what? Mm. You know, like, you know, like who, who's you know Glenn McGrath what and um and it was like it was just phenomenal and here's you know and it's still to this day someone's like when they talk about Dennis Billy Nicky goes oh yeah I remember him you know so, like, so that night was phenomenal and then obviously it went national so mm. it was quite recognizable and uh it was great it was an awesome night man I'm picturing the, uh, the great DK Lily with a few of his shirt buttons undone with that oh, you know, chest hair coming out right, as well yeah. I think I picked yeah. a few that night to steal my <laughs> <laughs> nice nice Nah, that's that's an amazing story. Thanks, Brad. So look, I just want to jump on here. Look, after you finished coaching, yeah, you transitioned into a career in the media, often calling games on TV uh, and now on radio. And more recently, you have teamed up with a doyon himself, Body Nodge, and launched your own podcast along with the help of our good friend Joe Core, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and the Brad and Body podcast has, has been kicking off, right? I mean, how has that changed been covering the game from a different lens uh, over the last yeah. decade plus, right? Like Yeah, so in 2012, like you said, the Kings um, had come back because they'd yep. been out of the league for a little bit and I was still part of that transition. And uh, as I said, the Sydney Comets, so I'm going back here a little bit, but I'll try and be quick here. I don't want to bore people. But um, the Sydney Comets uh, bought the Sydney Kings name, right? So when the Kings went kerfunked, the Sydney Comets bought the IP 
for the Sydney Kings. Okay. Right? And I was on the board there at the Comets. So myself and Andrew Lazarus, who was also a former yep. owner with Mike Robleski, mm-hmm. Andrew and I literally went for two years trying to find people to buy, you know, come in, let's try and do it and stuff. Anyway, it eventually got going. And um, so I was still quite heavily involved with the Kings then. And then there was a pre-season tournament at North Sydney, uh, which was the, I, I don't know if it was the Blitz then, but it was like the Blitz back then, right? Mm. And so they had all the teams there. And Matt McQuaid was actually calling that game. And NBL rang, rang me and said, look, do you want to commentate for that game? And I was like, well, I've never done it before, okay? So I had fun and all was cool and everything was done. About three weeks after that, which was about two weeks before the season started, I get a call from the NBL saying, listen, are you interested in commentating for Channel 10 with Steve Carfino? And I hung up and I rang Magic and I was like, mate, I just got asked this. He's like, Brad, you'd be great. Do it. And Steve (laughs) was phenomenal. He helped me so much because it was a little bit nerve-wracking, but I am never nervous to do commentary. Like I said, coaching, unbelievable commentary. Mate, stand up live, no problems, all good. Mm. Just one of those things. I have other major issues elsewhere but <laughs> so so it was really cool to get in the commentary then i was you know doing all the games then then foxtel came back into it then i'm flying around with the Perth, Good. adelaide brisbane so i really enjoyed doing that and that was really cool then unfortunately covid hit and they stopped all the flying and they call the games now out of melbourne so mm. you know it's only sideline now and i love still doing it don't get me wrong but i really do miss calling the games but i understand you know the situation that the, uh, the league's in what larry kesselman and jeremy lowlinger have done is just saved our league that's as yeah. simple as it is so so it was phenomenal so then you know i started to miss doing that type of thing and the thing with sideline commentary is you just sort of get your little window you say what you do and you move on so you don't really get asked those questions so brad who do you predict for this and what are you doing with this and how do you think that so i remember speaking to amanda gorgian again and i'm thinking of doing a pod and she actually said you should do it with body man body is the best you know basketball knowledge in, in australia by far yeah, and i was like easily. yeah i should you're right that's a great <laughs> idea so i rang body and and body said i love it let's do it you know like and nice. so body was coming to sydney and he came to sydney and he's like i got the guy joseph right yeah he said, heard about that meeting guy. in sydney man i heard yeah. all about it from joe he was so, over here a few weeks ago so right yeah. so the three <laughs> of us got together and and, <laughs> and and it was really easy and and then we just did it and we've you know the thing we love about our podcast is it's um we are not bound by anyone no one mm-hmm. owns us no one no there's no you know i need you to do this we have had a sponsor come on board now but they approached us and we want to be on there um and shout out to burger boss eh, bro thank you cha-ching yeah. burger boss <laughs> and, uh, and piranha media that you know is sort of leading us up there but they came to us and, and no one's you know we're not bound by a sponsor to say we can't talk about that we can't talk about this it's us we say what we want people may or may not like it and it's been so enjoyable to be able to sit there with with body we we try and keep the pod to no more than 30 35 minutes uh so people can listen to it on the way home or whatever yeah. they're doing and it's been great fun great fun and look brad we said the same thing to body when we had him on the show you know early on in our sort of days you know it's, it's guys like you that really sort of inspired us to sort of start what we're doing you know we've listened to to you guys for years and everything like that so i just wanted to i guess thank you for sort of you know giving us that inspiration and obviously giving us some guidance along the way as well so yeah no, big respect great. for that's- that that's nice to hear, but uh, you guys don't need us. You do a fabulous job. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, Brad, 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 I stole this from another podcast, right? So, I'm just going to, like, throw it out there. I'm going to give you a name, right? Oh, <laughs> okay. Okay. All right, all right. And you got to tell me in one word or, you know, one <laughs> phrase. You know which podcast I stole that from? Yeah, I nah. think it might be the, uh, I don't know, the Botty podcast, maybe. <laughs> all right, let's do this. Let's do this, all right? 
First name, Bruce Bolden. Greatest mate anyone could ask for and a mentor. All right. Awesome. Matt Nielsen. Superstar. Shane Hill. Uh, so much comes to mind and all positive. Warrior, uh, hard nose, never steps down, just ask Barkley. Um, <laughs> and, and greatest shooter Australia has ever had. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Mark Dalton. Oh, Tang. Um, uh, protector. He took me under his wing and made sure I was fine, and I can't thank him enough for that. Terrific. Dean Utoff. Ah, Sparky. <laughs> uh, so, so Dean Utoff and I have a... Uh, this is a bit longer, but we have a very long history. Massive, massive Seinfeld fans. Ooh, right? as, a, massive. as am I. As am right. I. So Not that there's every, anything wrong with that, though, right, bro? I hear ya. Ah, fake, fake. We used to come after training... All we do is one-liners, and Dean Utoff's <laughs> nickname for me is Cosmo because of Cosmo mm -hmm. Kramer, um, the the most gentlest giant and lovable man you can meet. Would be hey, where where is Dean now, Brad? Because that's one we, people are always saying, "Get the man mountain on the show." People are always asking, "What's he up to these days?" Yeah, so he's a school teacher. He's in. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if it's like in the Castle Hill area. I can't remember where wow. he's living now. Yeah, he's, he's in a, a, he's that's in a hood. That's yeah. Yeah. from yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Glen Haven and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, he's been on at Body of My Pod. It was great. Um, Iowa State man and just <laughs> a loveliest, loveliest man. And he's number one saying that I always remember because we used to do a lot of... Uh, he taught me also how to talk to media and stuff because he was very good at that. And he always used to say, turn that frown upside down. That was his number one saying. So great man. Great man. Thanks for that. And finally, um, there was Leon Trimmingham, who you've already spoken of. So the reason behind naming these, these guys is uh, earlier on the week, Robbie and I sent a, an email to Brad and said, name the five greatest kings that you've played alongside. And the names, I, the aforementioned names are the ones that, that Brad yeah. mentioned. So I thought I'd just that's, turn into something good. No, I like what you did there, would you? Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. very good. I, I, I might use that in my pod. <laughs> I didn't even know um, that was coming as myself. <laughs> yeah, I, I, might, I will use that on my pod. Um, but no, look, the thing, you know, when I, when I look at that, that, that's what meant to me sentiment. I, I'm certainly not saying they were the greatest five players for the Kings because that's not fair to mm. the other players, mm. but just what they meant to me through my career. And, you know, there's, there's other guys on there, you know, like Stephen Whitehead, Brad Williams, um, you, you, you guys, Keo, uh, Hobbs, Justin Withers. Um, mm -hmm. There's so many. You know, I think I said Stephen White. It's some some great guys. Aaron Traher, Scott McGregor. These guys were really close mates of mine. Yep. Uh, Darren Smith is another one. But those, mm -hmm. though, when I think of you know where my career went, those 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 guys came to mind very quick. Isaac Burton, another one. <laughs> God, yeah. Thanks, Brad. Really appreciate you taking the time to answer our questions, man. Means a lot. No, right? look, it's fun. I um, it's it's nice to reminisce. You know, it's uh, it's it's been really good. And and um, look, I, I feel a little bit embarrassed with what's going on because um, they've just nominated six players for the uh, honour or something of the. Um, hey, Brad, I'll speak team. on that. I got an email yeah. about forty minutes before we recorded today, and I actually right. went in and voted for. Yeah, voted for yourself. So there you uh, go. I think yeah. say Bruce Bolden. Or no, no, because I like the sort of the the little sort of criteria it had there, and I thought you ticked all the boxes there. So yeah, it wasn't just voting for you because you were coming on. So yeah, yeah, no, that's really nice. And you know, I got a call from the Kings and said, look, you know, you, you've been one of six players that's been nominated for this uh, uh, honour. 
um, that it is. And, and I said, no, you can't be serious. I'm not worthy of that. And, mm. you know, then they explained it's, it's obviously not the six best players because I'm certainly not expecting to be on that. It's longevity with the club. Yeah. And obviously I have been involved for a very long time. And it's, mm. a, it's an extremely win it or lose it. I couldn't care less. There's no losers. Um, <laughs> just, but just to be put in that category with six, um, yeah, it's an extremely huge honour and, and, and very proud. No, congratulations. Yeah, All right, so let's, let's just jump to some quick NBL talk, right? Um, yeah. Now, Robbie, I think it's a good time for me and Brad to bring up the game on the weekend where the Kings <laughs> whoop some Wildcats ass, man. Jeez. What you got to say about that, man? Well, I guess... At, R- was... at RAC, man. Oh, yep. no, I know. I was making those jokes about Sydney getting lost going to the airport and everything. So, yep, they've made me eat my words. Um, I guess just from watching the game, disappointing in terms of I just expected a great clash. Obviously not disappointing mm. from the way Sydney played, but um, yeah, look, Sydney are absolutely the real deal. They're um, you know they're just they're in such fine form at the moment. Everything seems to be clicking for them. Um, yeah, I guess I was a little bit frustrated, Woody, and we've spoken a little bit about that this week, just with some of the stuff. And look, I know you know Body's spoken about it on your on your podcast this week, Brad. Just with all the things that sort of went down, I guess with this potential import change for the Wildcats, it was ugly. It ugly. was very ugly, wasn't it? You know, I know Perth's a small city, so you get a guy like Brown going in there and people are going to spot him there and stuff like that. But I just thought it was handled pretty badly. I think Scott Morrison probably didn't handle himself that well in that press conference. Very, I thought it was a very, very fair very question, unheard. wasn't it? Yeah, very exactly right. Perth, you know, yeah. and that, that, you know, that Wildcats basketball, mm. um, you know, it, 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 let's be honest, the Wildcats is, is the pinnacle of the NBL with yeah. what they've done. Um, and I, I, I was like you, I was shattered that the game was like that. I yeah. really wanted that good contest, you know. Mm. I was really disappointed that it didn't happen. But, yeah, Sydney, man, they're rolling. And I, I just think Perth's been a bit too casual. I think the whole country was talking about, you know, no one's saying Fraser's a bad player. Probably just his fit on this team, given the personnel they've got, wasn't the best Correct. one. We know a lot of teams have got some big guys now. Perth's, you know, relying on Body's favourite player, Matt Hodgson, and also, you know, Majok um, there as well. So it's just, it's it's hard to sort of see. And I think they just, like, kind of left things too late, personally. But that's yeah, probably... I think, gonna, I, think, hmm. I think the other thing as well is, and I'm a big believer of this as well, is, you know, if they brought in another import, does that mean Vic Law and Bryce Cotton now don't score 70 between them? So I, I'm, not a, mm. I'm not a massive, you know, advocate of let's get, you know, the best players because Perth have proven that for the years. You don't need the best players to win yep. championships. It's about fit, isn't it? Best, you need the best team, right? And look, whilst I sit here and don't think Fraser's given them a whole lot, I also mm. look at other guys that get the opportunity and they're doing a great job. So, yep. so for me, that's a blimp on the radar, that Perth thing. But what I am interested to see is... The blimp on the radar, a loss is nothing. But how it happened and what happened with that Brown and the commentary from the coach and mm. now the program having to put that back together, now you've got to bring the players in. Mitch Norton's a massive loss, so he'll come yeah. back in. You know, Blanchfield, he still doesn't look... He's still no, underdone. Yeah, I, I love Toddy. Yeah, I, hear, right? yeah, I, I yeah, love Toddy. And he, he's underdone. So I, I think Perth are in a very good position. But for the first time in a while, they don't have that Damian Martin or that core where you can just go, no, 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 this is how it rolls and mm. we'll be fine. I'm interested to see it. Wouldn't shock me that they win it again, no question. Yeah, no, fair And cool. it would shock me. <laughs> <laughs> All we, all we do is win, Woody. All right. So yeah, one thing, I, I mean, we talked about the Kings and how, how they're rolling, man. Ian Clark is just fit in, right? But there's one guy I want to talk about, Brad. It's, it's McCaw Maker, right? I mean, he had a lot of raps on him coming into the season, and, and both Maker, Maker's really disappointed early on, right? 
You know, Hunter's been out, I mean, Jordan Hunter's been out, right? But the way he's come up in the last couple of games and really shown what he can contribute to this team, how much is that going to help, help us in, in the stretch down to the playoffs and, and him contributing on this team? Huge. Um, you know, that's the thing. You, you, you always have to be ready. Um, you know, could have had some niggling injuries at the beginning of the year. You don't know yeah, what's sure. going on. And then Xavier Cooks goes down and then bang, yeah. you get the opportunity. Now, there's two ways that goes. You, you can, you know, say, well, buggy, you should have played me at the beginning of the year. Or you do what he did. And what he did mm-hmm. was go, right, I'm going to put you in a position now. How are you going to play me? And I love that. That's what you yeah. want from a player. Hell so yeah. He is a huge up for them. That is so mm. much upside. There's no downside. Uh, Zave is having the year. Oh, of, my of God. The wow. Just wow. Make, make the right. most of it because he won't be in the NBL next year. So no. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but if, so, if DD Lazada can make it over there, I'm sorry, but yeah. seriously, Cook should be there right now. Anyway, that's yeah, another well, story. Let's, yeah, let's talk. <laughs> How long you got? Yeah. So, um, but, yeah, look, I, I'm loving what Zave was giving, and, and I could understand, you know, Coach Buford, like, where do you fit Maker in and how do you do it? Well, now he's got a more of a challenge now. Where do I fit him in? Yeah, right? man. And, yeah. Um, so Clark's been great. Uh, they needed yep. that little punch that he gives them. And Hell he's, yeah. Isn't he a quiet 19, 20-point player? Yeah. And, and But to me, that, that all revolves around Jalen Adams. Oh, hell yeah. Is, is phenomenal. Hell um, yeah. Real deal. Jarrell, Jarrell Martin looks happy. The team looks happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, a happy team wins games. Good call. I think this is as good a team as we've had in a while i mean you know we've got yeah. a chance here for a championship so yeah no question re- really looking forward to that all right no question so let's get into the round shall we quickly yeah. Robbie? what are you i was going to say we are conscious for time so maybe rather than go through sort of each game on that list why don't you guys pick out just one game each from the round this this upcoming round and sort of just give us a bit of thought so i guess this for this round we've got um there's eight games over five days only three rounds left after this one so why don't you both pick a game and just speak a little bit about that and then we'll sort of move on to the, the classic packs at the end lightning over to you <laughs> um i'm gonna say the melbourne illawarra game that's mm. the one that's really intriguing for me. It's um, it's huge, yep. um, and and for both teams, Illawarra to just get that little stretch more away from the Hawks and Tasmania. Who thought we'd be saying that at this time of the year? And and also Melbourne after being down a little bit, if that's the right words, and not playing so well, that that game's huge for me. Which then they have to back up and go to Perth. So that, that's mm. a huge weekend for Melbourne. But I'm really that that Melbourne Illawarra game. I, I can't wait to watch. I'm going to quickly say my two cents. I'm going to say the Cairns and South East Melbourne, a bit of a strange one to pick, but I think that's a real danger game for the Phoenix there. I think if Cairns win that, you know, especially if the Jack Jumpers get that win over Adelaide, putting a lot of pressure on South East there. So that, that's probably my one. And, and what about yourself there, Woods? And don't say Sydney. I'm sure you probably will. But... Yeah, I was going to say, like, the Jack Jumpers have been tough, man, right? And mm. uh, we lost to them last time and nearly lost them the game before. Mm. We need to consolidate our position uh, on the ladder. So... I think that's an important game. And that very last game, Perth Wildcats versus Melbourne United on Monday, that's going to be We've got to wait until yeah. 9.30 on Monday night in the Eastern States to watch that one. So it's a bit of a long way off. But yeah, that is big. Perth's going to, going to be pretty fired up, I think, for that game. Hey, hey man, do we know if Big Zim's back for that for the Taipans this week? Are you trying to get fantasy advice, Woods? Or? <laughs> no, I, I got him out of the team. I don't want to get fantasy advice from Mr. Rosen, man. He's struggling. Yeah, right? Don't no, do no, that, no. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should say we're all in a league together. We've got Liam Santa Maria, who I don't know what that guy does in fantasy, but he gets the highest score each round by about 200 points. So I reckon there's a bit mate, of ins- insider trading going on there. He knows. Mate, something's going- he, he, I yeah. reckon he wrote the program, mate. He is getting somehow in that back end. It's unbelievable, <laughs> isn't it? And he always seems to know, he puts people in at the right time, gets people out. Yeah. yeah, full credit to him. I don't know how he does that, but 
Yeah, but yeah, no, definitely the inside big, information, man. He does with with Grizz there, but no, definitely a big round coming up. Certainly looking forward mm. to. Obviously, we're the time of recording. I should have said, you know, Thursday the thirty first of March. So we've got that Illawarra Bullets game tonight. So I'll be looking forward to sit down and watch that after a bit of dinner tonight. Anyway, so aren't they enough? Aren't they disappointing this year, Bullets? Oh, big yeah. time! Oh my God, Robert Robert Franks has been a standout, hasn't he? But I think just a lot of people out of the lineup there. But yeah, I mean, geez, they they uh, had a nice uh, a nice win last week, didn't they? <laughs> man. Crazy How finish. about they give up on Serbi and as a point guard and play him as a wing and get a proper point guard in from the well, United States? Well, obviously, you know, losing right? him is not great, obviously, uh, and him not playing. Yep. But still, uh, I, I think with him they'll be better. They still wouldn't be there, but um, yep. yeah, it's just shocking. Yeah, shocking. No, good stuff. I hope Brad's ready for this. I should warn you, mate. This is a part, as I say every week, Woody carries on like a pork chop once we open this pack of cards. So, again, we'll be conscious of time. Oh, this hell open, yeah. What do, you got, what do you got for us there, Woods? So I got a 1994 Futura wow. NBL pack, right? Mm. And so what I do, Brad, is I open the pack and then I give you guys a few clues and you've you got to try and uh, guess who the Ooh, player is. Okay. And Robbie's pretty <laughs> damn good, right, at yeah. this stuff. He's an encyclopedia. We call it Robbiepedia. But let's okay. let's see how you, I mean the next NBL player would have played alongside and with a lot of these players. Mm. Okay, we've already got this card before, man. Mm. All right, the great Gold Coast Rollers import duo. How much Le, did we Le love Fleur them? and Mitchell, right? Fleur and Mitchell. Oh, it's both of them as well. Yeah. Wow, we've got this card before, man. Mm. Right? I, I would have actually said you mean the guy that put his fist through the window down yeah, the wall. Yeah, that's right. That's, issue, that's yeah. right. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Cost himself some games there. Was he at Brisbane when that happened? I think he was, right? Yeah, Brisbane yeah. down at the gong from memory. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, I mean, we've already got this card as well, all right? This is really <laughs> annoying, all right? The great left-hander, probably the... Ricky I mean, Grace. Corey Homicide Williams will say that he's not the greatest import and Bryce Cotton is, but he is the greatest import oh, ever. Leaping. Oh, Leroy Loggins. Leroy right, okay. Loggins. I, I did go with Ricky uh, Grace first when you said left-hander. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've... you got to make sure you get a king in this pack there. Woods, see what you can do, right? Work your magic. This is almost like an identical pack to the one we had last time, right? Really? Yeah, I reckon it is. Okay. Checklist. Oof. All right. So, Brad, we've got a rule if we get a checklist. We rip it up, chuck it over our shoulder and move on. Yeah. Done. Done. All right. Canberra Cannons. Tim Morris, this is the same pack as we got last time. Now, you know so what? There mustn't have been a good quality control. Oh, you're going to rip open another one, are you? This is the identical pack to the pack I opened last time. So, you know what? Hold on. I'm going to get another pack. Ooh, all right. <laughs> oh, I love Look that. Look at this. Thing. He opens this special cupboard there, Brad. He's got all these old, unopened packs of the cards from the 90s in there. But oh, there obviously it. wasn't great quality control with those. those Literally every cards. single card it's in this exactly pack, the same pack is exactly the same. All right. Come on, Futura. All right. So, I'm going to move to an NBA <laughs> pack, all right? Ooh. We're going to get okay. N- NBA Hoops 1990-91. All right. Ooh. Sorry, audience, about the Futura pack, right? Like, <laughs> that's terrible, man, right? Same pack as last time. <laughs> Every single card's the same. All right. And I don't know if you remember these, Brad, but this was the uh, the one with the silver background, the 1991 Hoops. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember. Yeah. All right. All right. This guy played for the Rockets, nicknamed Sleepy. Oh, um, Eric Sleepy Floyd. Eric Sleepy wow. Floyd. Wow. Rob, you are unbelievable. <laughs> and we've got this guy's Rob card. Rob Pedia. Was it Rob Pedia? <laughs> Rob Pedia. Oh, we've got yeah. this guy's card a lot, all right? He, he works New York City point guard, flat top, uh, works for the ESPN. John Stark. 
Oh no, no, no. Derek no, Harper. No, come on, man. He's on the he's on the panel with Shaq and Oh, Kenny the Jet Smith. Yeah, Kenny Smith. Oh, look at those did you shorts. Say New York or did you say Houston? No. Well, New York born sort of thing, but playing with oh, Houston. New York City oh, point oh, guard. I can't right? get over those tight shorts he's wearing, like jeez. <laughs> all right, leave don't be greedy. Leave this one oh, for Brad, okay? All right. all right. He is a tall point guard who's currently featured, probably the greatest point guard, one of the greatest point guards of all time. He's currently on winning time. Who am I talking about, right? Brad? Winning time? No, don't know what that is. Winning time no. is the new, new, new TV series about the Los Angeles Lakers. Ah, Magic Johnson. Magic. That's a nice car. Irvin Johnson. What a, that's a great that's a card. MVP yeah. card, right? Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's a hell of a card. Very right? good. Wow. Very good. Okay, leave this one for Brad as well. Don't be all greedy. Right. All right. Teammate of Andrew Gaze. We spoke about it when we had Andrew Gaze on our show a few weeks ago. He spoke glowingly about this guy. Nah, nah. You're talking about the 90s. Uh, this is his rookie card. He was a guard. He's now commentating on San Antonio Spurs games. Ooh. Who am I speaking of? Oh, jeez. Nah, you got me. Bit of, bit of Sean Elliott. Sean Elliott. Oh, a rookie card too. Wow. <laughs> rookie. Put that one in a, in a plastic sleeve. Sure point guard. No, I said a guard. Oh, uh, okay. Fair call. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay, this guy's tall. He put on a lot of weight. I talked to you about him a few weeks ago, Robbie, on the Orlando Magic as a veteran center. Uh, big you know, tree. Tree Rollins. Tree Rollins. Okay. Wow, for the you Pistons of all time. Awesome. <laughs> you guys are awesome. All right. Um, let's go. Orlando Magic forward, Otis Smith. Oh, wow. wow he's a general manager, I think, isn't he now? Yeah, he is now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jeez, I wouldn't have probably picked that one if you'd given nah, a few clues. Nah. Yeah. Okay, uh, played with Kelly Tripuka and all those guys on the first John ever, ever Houston Rockets teams. Um, Johnny Newman. Oh, ah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Former LA Clipper. Yeah. Yeah. All right, the greatest, the greatest coach of all time, the Zen master, Brad. Who am I talking wow. about? Phil Jackson, of course. Phil Jackson. Look how young he looks there. That's a good one, isn't wow. it? Yeah. <laughs> All right, you know, you know, um, white guy from the Sacramento Kings, Andrew Canyon would love this guy. He's from Ingl- Inglewood. Oh, Pete, Pete Shilker. No, yeah. Bobby Eric, Hansen. Eric Lechner. Wow. wow. Who, who the wow. hell is that? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> who the hell is that? <laughs> yeah, I, don't have, I don't have any facts on him, sorry. <laughs> All right, Denver Nuggets, rookie, also a white guy, big man. Oh, not a big man. He was a guard. Six foot four. Went to Stanford. Played under Doug Moe. Went to Stanford. Six foot played. four guard. So yeah. Smart, smart guy. Yeah, played um, under Doug Moe. With Alex English. Where those guys. Where did he play for? Denver Who's Nuggets. Denver. Under, under, under Doug Moe on that run and gun offense. Not great in Denver, I've got to be honest. Todd Lichty. Oh, former Perth oh. Wildcat. That's oh, yeah. 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 Wow. There you go. Yeah. Played against him. him too, loved him. Good mates of Vile too, wasn't he? Yeah, he would have been a tough cover, wouldn't he, Brad? Oh, he was very tough, mate. He was really tough, yeah. Milwaukee Bucks, power forward centre, Greg Anderson. Oh, wow. Cadillac. Greg Cadillac Anderson. Wow. Okay, this guy, I don't know. Indiana Pacers, guard forward, Vern Fleming. Oh, yeah. My God, no. No, no idea. I'm with you, I'm with you, Brad. Yeah, these are names from the past, man. I'd struggle with these. <laughs> Six foot ten, center from the New Jersey Nets, Jack Haley. 
Oh, Dennis Rodman's best mate. Is he? Yeah, he was his bodyguard. He went over and played with the Spurs with Rodman and then ended up with the Bulls when Rodman, Rodman was there as well. As a yep. bodyguard. Wow. Yeah, well, basically a wow. player slash bodyguard, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay, we got a Milwaukee Bucks checklist card. It's got Alvin Robertson on Alvin. the front. But yeah. Oof. <laughs> Ruthless. Yeah. And then bullets forward, John Williams. Oh, hot plate. Hot plate. Nice. Oh, I have right. to say, I, uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the NBA, but NBL's my game, as you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. And I'm really sorry about that repeat pack. How can you have every single card the a same? A total repeat pack, wasn't it? Like, yeah. literally every single card in this yeah, pack. In, in the, the same, same order as well, yeah. In the same <laughs> order, man. Yeah. All right, so look, been a great show. First of all, I want to thank Brad for coming on the show. You enjoy yourself today, Brad? Man, I had a ball. Uh, anytime I can get a chance to speak basketball... And uh, with you two lunatics, it's even more fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's been amazing, man. Really appreciate your, your time. And you're a legend, man. You know, and uh, I'm going to get off get off this uh, recording and I'm going to have to vote for you as well on that. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, it's, it's very nice of you to say. But look, guys, thanks so much for having me on. You know, you, the thing I love about doing these things, and that's what I'm about with my pod as well, you just get to reminisce about times that you, you forget about, you know, mm. and you guys, you know, threw some names out there and, you know, you start to think about those stories that you've had with these people and it's just, um, you memories. know, basketball, basketball has given me life, you know, um, my best mates are through basketball, I get to sit here and chat with you guys like we're sitting on a couch having fun, it's because <laughs> of basketball, uh, I get to commentate, I get to do these things, it's all because of basketball, so for me, you know, my kids are playing, uh, I love being involved and, and, and I can't thank you guys enough, it's, it's, uh, it's been an amazing journey and, and, and please God, there's plenty more to come. For sure, man. It's great to have you still involved in the game and, and doing your thing, man. Um, and Robbie, man, tell the whole audience, you're going to be commentating NBL 1 this season. Is that true? Yeah, that's right. So I'm going to be commentating the Hills Hornets uh, men and women's NBL 1 teams this year. So sort of went out and met, met the teams this week and sort of saw them practice and everything like that. So really looking forward to it. The first home games in two weeks. Uh, no, it's um, so basically, he's uh, um, Reese, his name. So Terry Johnson, uh, Terry's the youth league coach. So Reese is the head coach. Yeah. But um, tell you what, man, TJ was a player. Excellent. We're a hawk as well, yeah, man. man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He scored 42 on us one night and he was shooting left handed shots in Wollongong, man. It was unbelievable. <laughs> wow. But no, yeah. thanks for that. Woods, really looking forward to it. And just want to sort of encourage people to get out and support your local NBL one team. Obviously, it's, mm. you know, it's Australia wide. You know, we've got teams as far as, you know, sort of the, the top and everything like that so get out it's going to be some quality basketball and Look, I, can, yeah. I can add to that as well you know I, I NBL one was Waratah league back mm -hmm. when I was yep. coaching and man I, I, I loved it four years coaching there uh, got to coach some great players and you know for people to go out and watch this these are the next NBL superstars or sure. some NBL guys that are coming down to play in it as well so Definitely. if you've got young kids in there, get out and watch those games there hey also. Brad I'm pretty pumped as well the Hills Hornets are playing Albury I think in week three so I get to compensate none other than Lauren Jackson that game so I'm pretty stoked wow, about that so that's, that's going awesome. to be that's going to be a yeah, highlight nice yeah. nice yeah <laughs> Yeah, so we're really proud of you here, man, at Throwback Hoops, man. Well done, Rob, yeah, and, and we'll be cheering you on, Thanks, man. So, um, all right, Rob, so why don't you tell the audience about where we can be found, all that jazz, man, you know, the yeah, usual deal. Yeah, of here. course, yep. So, guys, if you want to check us out on Twitter, we're Throwbacks Hoops. Um, Instagram, we're throwback.hoops. Um, email address, any questions, you know, suggestions, jersey, you know, suggestions for future episodes is throwbackhoopspodcast at gmail.com. Um, Woods, take us away just with your TikTok and your Patreon details. Mate. Yeah, TikTok, if you want to follow, like, all our jerseys and stuff. 
Uh, I'll post little clips on there, Woody underscore V83. And then Patreon, jump on Patreon and look up Throwback Hoops. We'd love your support. Uh, Brad, you want to take it away? Tell the audience a little bit about where they can find you. And, and you know, here's a chance for a little bit of a plug for yourself, man. So uh, do your nice thing. You, yeah. yeah, look, we're just, we got the Brad and Body podcast. Um, it, it, it's uh, obviously pretty easy to find us on the pod. You just put Brad and Body. There's not too many of that. Uh, we do have, obviously, socials, uh, Brad and Body uh, on Twitter handle. Um, and of course, um, you know, Brad Rosen five at, uh, um, is my Twitter handle, which then can lead you to that as well. So really enjoyable times. And, and again, guys, really, thank you so much for having me on. Um, I've really it's been an enjoyed honor. it and, yep. and, uh, I love those jerseys that you guys are hunting. <laughs> well, make the most of these. I'm taking this off as soon as I finish. I might uh-huh. not have a Sydney jersey on for a long time. Well, it was just, good to do it today. Just hope, I know your daughter's a massive Sydney fan, so there's no one. <laughs> so happens, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not going to happen. <laughs> absolute honor to have an absolute legend, an ambassador, someone who's represented the Kings with pride and distinction. Brad, thank you so much. Much love to you, Robbie. We'll do it all again next week, right? Yeah. Peace out from the Throwback Hoops crew, guys. It's been fun. Peace. Thanks, guys. Thanks.